to the track. The wall makes the leap and makes the catch. Amazing catch by Junior. He got it. A perfect game. 13 strikeouts. Ryan out for straight away center field. Picking out for Frank Center. Down at the wall. Leaps up and he makes the catch. Mike Trout with another spectacular grab. Hello and welcome to the Champions Adjust podcast, uh, a premier baseball podcast covering everything from uh, short hops to bat flips to everything in between, to youth baseball, to MLB baseball, to occasionally college baseball, possibly some high school baseball. There you go. You never know. Potentially other sports, but right now we're focused on baseball. Thank you for being here. This is season two of the Champions Adjust podcast, episode number two of season two. We've had 10 episodes on season one, and we did four special postseason, uh, four or five special postseason uh, episodes of this podcast as well. Season two will range from, you know, anywhere between 10 to 15 episodes, and then I'm sure we'll do more special episodes, more postseason, more seasons, all that stuff. But that really depends on... Um, viewership, people subscribing, people listening. We're really happy to do this for, for one person who watches it, but we'd love to uh, have a large audience to share more insights, knowledge, and experience about the game of baseball and what we're doing. So thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. The best way to support the pod is just share with a friend. Yeah. Share with a friend. Subscribe to our newsletter at champsadjust.com and uh, go on Anchor. Watch all of our episodes. Share them with a friend. Review us on Apple. And uh, and then support it on Anchor. You can you can donate a dollar, two dollars, three dollars a month, hundred dollars a month, hundred dollars a month, whatever you want, whatever you feel is worthy for thousand dollars a month, whatever thousand dollars a month. But it all goes to creating this these episodes, um, creating clips to put on social media, and then getting some information to present to you guys on a semi weekly basis. So yep. cheers, thanks for that. But the biggest news, the biggest news in the world today. You know what it is? No idea. <laughs> you don't know what it is? I'm super excited to hear this. The biggest news, <laughs> minutes, the biggest news in the world today is that I cut my mullet. Oh, God, yes. I cut my mullet. Uh, I decided that. that was it. There was no real reason behind it. So if, you're, uh, if you view this podcast via YouTube, you're seeing the fresh cut now. And there, yeah, no real reason behind it. Just decided to go for it. My biggest issue is you gave no heads up. To no heads you up. Love. Like I, I showed up to practice on Tuesday and saw I didn't recognize you. And <laughs> I was, I'm really well home to Lulu, who actually told me beforehand. I just didn't believe her, and it was, it was a tough swallow for me. Thank you. It's a good hug. Okay, but that's it for all that. Yep. Um, now we're getting to the pod. We're so we're going to talk about two things today. Probably a, a shorter episode. We'll Three talk about um, what free agents are left on the market, where we think they're going to go, predictions for that. 
We'll talk about what happened at the Hall of Fame voting and a little update on the uh, negotiations. Very, so we'll very go, short segment. On we'll that. go right into the update okay. on MLB negotiations. Yeah, so we talked about this two weeks ago. I think our prediction was nothing good was going to happen and no movement was going to occur mm-hmm. next time we talked. And officially, zero movement has occurred. Um, MLBPA, uh, this last week, we are uh, actually, by the way, uh, filming on February uh, 6th on a Sunday. This will come out on Thursday, so maybe some more movement because the owners will be meeting in Florida this week. Mm-hmm. Um, as of today, MLBPA made an offer last week. MLB refused to make a counteroffer, instead asking for official government mediation. Um, this predictably pissed off the MLBPA, um, saying, hey, you're not negotiating good faith. Um, Alex Woods, uh, San Francisco Giant pitcher, tweeted out that it's weird to ask for federal government assistance in negotiations when no effort was made in the first place. Um, MLB uh, believes that the only way forward is from um, official mediation. MLBPA says that's great, but you made zero effort in the first place. And uh, pitchers and catchers report in two weeks. So... As we uh, talked about two weeks ago, um, I think most players, most coaches are gearing up for a little bit of a longer offseason. In fact, I'll be seeing a uh, major league coach uh, next weekend uh, on the 18th weekend. Um, and he's planning on making the trip to Dallas, and I'll be seeing him um, you know, through mutual connections uh, just because he doesn't really have a whole lot else to do right now. Yep. Um, because that's what uh, major league coaches and players and minor league uh, coaches and players are really doing is just – no, acting under the impression that the pitchers and catchers will um, report, but at this point, it's, it's pretty obvious they won't in time. So, um, looking more likely, like the uh, spring training will be pushed back, as could the season. And there's already been uh, conversations about uh, game cancellations. Wow. So, well, there it is. At. You heard it from our uh, our expert here on the Champions Just podcast, Coach Bodson, letting you know the update. You're welcome. And moving on to point number two of this episode is um, free agents. Yeah. MLB free agents. There's some real, real big superstar type names left in free agency. And the trade market as a result. Some of them, just to name a few, right? We have Carlos Correa, Freddie Freeman, a 33-year-old Clayton Kershaw. Didn't realize he was still that young, but he's been in the league a long time because yes, he was very long. young yep. when he started being a beast. Absolutely. You have Chris Bryant, right? You have Trevor Story, who hit a bomb off me in high school. Funny Congratulations. story. Congratulations. <clears throat> the ball is still going. Oh, sure. Absolutely washed sure. it. But that's what happens when you can hit 35 home runs in the big leagues. You hit a bunch of home runs in high school. Uh, <laughs> so, so let's get into it. Uh, and then Nick Castellanos as well. But um, just to name a few. So sure. let's, let's start with Carlos Correa. Okay, cool. Um, Carlos you, Correa. What are your thoughts? Where do you think he's going? How much money do you think he signs for? What's on your dome? I think that, um, you know, based off what we had discussed uh, two weeks ago, um, you had Seager and um, it, it Seager and Simeon uh, going for an insane amount of money. Mm-hmm. And is going for probably considerably more than his market from the Tigers. Right. Correa's market is probably up to $35 to $38 million per year right now. Um, there's only a few teams that can afford that. One of them still being the Tigers. Um, which so the Tigers are a really interesting organization. They have a lot of youth coming through the system right now. They have Miguel Cabrera coming off the books in two years. They have plenty of money to spend, and I still think that he goes back to um, AJ Hinch um, in Detroit. And I think Correa is going to end up signing with the Tigers. 
using that connection with his old yes. coach. I think that can make a World huge difference. Title with. I think that can make a huge difference. They're very close. I think that LA is not really um, big on spending that much money. If they were to, then there's another player on the market that we're going to talk about in a second that they would be more likely to uh, to spend that money on. Um, the Yankees aren't really that big of spenders anymore. The Angels have already spent you know twenty one million dollars on Syndergaard. Yeah. Um, they they don't really have a need there. Um, also. People in LA just don't like Carlos Correa for obvious reasons. Okay. So um, I think Detroit is still the uh, the best fit for uh, or or no Houston if he wants to go back and take the original offer, which was uh, um, five years, one hundred sixty million dollars, which is you know thirty two million dollars per year, which is right around what Seager made, and that's right. probably no longer uh, Correa's market because of the Rangers. Yeah. So um, now going back to it, I think that the Tigers are the um, are the move the. Uh, Rangers signed two of the top four shortstop prospects. Yeah, and uh, no, they're gonna have a, a no all-star second baseman shortstop combo. And why not the uh, why 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 not the uh, Tigers doing the same thing? Right, with Baez and uh, Correa, and Correa in the middle infield. Yeah, <clears throat> it says here that that Correa reportedly turned down a ten-year offer worth two hundred seventy-five million. Sure. So he's looking <clears throat> at twenty-seven point five. Yeah, which is lower than the five-year five right. 32 per year that he'd already turned down. So 10 year, 275 doesn't make a ton of sense. I think, you know, what you're also saying right here is 10 years, $330 million is right around where he needs to be. He just wants that big long contract. Yeah. That that we've, that we've been seeing the premier players in professional baseball get. Correct. You know, your Trouts, your Harpers, things of that nature. Right. Um, But Trout and Harper are really the, I mean, they're the gold standard. They are. Right? Those guys are the guys. And they don't have any um, conspiracy theories or, or um, controversies surrounding them either. Right. Uh, which is a big deal. Um, plus, they have a pin to, well, until, no, until this past year to stay healthy. I guess Trout hasn't really stayed healthy. Not but recently. He's, not but he's super shown recently. how great he is at the same time. Um, but there was a list of the top 100 baseball players that came out of all time. Yep. And Trout was 15. And yep. he still has a quite a bit to go in he his does. career. So, I'm... I'm uh, it's cool to see, to be like in our prime right. while also watching someone else in their prime. Yes, it's very I would, special. I don't know if I'm in my prime. But you yeah. are. Okay, thanks. I appreciate that. You're in that. your prime. Yeah, cool. Maybe you haven't reached it yet. You're, but you're climbing. Yeah, I'm though, trying baby. to. I'm in the gym. Again, look at this. So I'm look at this steady climb. There it is. That's you. I'm honestly trying to look like you. I'm, I'm strapping the rocket ship to yeah, you, baby. Let's go. We're going straight up. Okay. So then we got. We'll just go right to the other shortstop um, to get a little comparison here. Yeah. We'll talk Trevor Story. Um, simply put, I think he goes to the Houston Astros. He's from Texas. He wants to be. He wants to stay in Texas. Mm-hmm. I think the Astros offer Trevor Story the exact same contract, which they don't have to. The same contract as they did Carlos Correa. Yep. Story would sign in a heartbeat. I think that even at twenty-eight to thirty-two million dollars a year, so it's say, you know, five years, one hundred forty million. Yeah. Um, you're still in that range where Story would say yes, and the Astros obviously have that money. Mm-hmm. The Astros could easily just go right back to their uh, farm system as shortstop. But if you have a guy like Trevor Story in the market mm-hmm. who wants to play in Texas, right? Um, who I still believe the uh, Rangers would have been in better shape spending a little bit less money on Story than going after Seager. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be a great fit uh, for the Astros. Um, they, I mean, it, Story provides a huge bat and a pretty def, decent um, spot in the field right. for a team that wants to stay above, um, you know, at the top of the AL West. Now you have the Astros, you know, the Rangers who spend half a billion dollars to be probably third or fourth in the AL West. You have the Mariners who are, we'll, we'll get into them in a second, but they're still really looking to to increase their bat situation. Yeah. Um, and um, 
So, yeah, I think that the Astros are a big splash away. And as soon as this uh, lockout ends, I think they're going to make a big splash in Trevor Story. Yeah, I would have really um, enjoyed seeing Trevor Story back in the sure. in the DFW area. Because uh, that's where he hit the bomb off me in high school. Sure. And I think that's really cool. But, um, you know, I'm not a huge Houston Astros fan. Not really because of anything specific, right? It just, I grew up here. So they, the Rangers have been a fan, uh, but the Rangers aren't even my favorite team. This none of that is important. We don't even have to get into it all. I just isn't that funny that we both live in Dallas and the Rangers aren't either one of our favorite teams. Yeah, go Cardinals, go Cardinals, and Giants. Uh, anyways, but yeah, I'd love to see Trevor Story back in Texas. I think that would be cool for him, his family, his yeah. people, uh, and uh, he's yeah, he's another premier guy. He clearly wanted to end up in Dallas. Yeah, um, it was it was very clear he wanted to end up in Dallas, and. Um, I think now he can end up in Texas at least. So yep. that'd be really cool. Yeah, I agree. So cool let's go. Um, let's go to um, the ne- another free agent guy who just won a World Series title. Yeah, that's a weird situation. Guy who just won a mm-hmm. World Series title has been a staple in Atlanta yep. for a long time. Sure, he is loved there. Similar to I think maybe Derek Jeter in New York about how much he's loved by the fans, the people, the organization. Don't know him personally at all, but seems like a stand-up guy. Sure. Don't know him what bit. his name? But we're talking about Freddie Freeman. Yeah, okay, correct. Talking about Freddie Freeman. Yeah. Um, and he's looking for a deal. He's looking for probably a long-term deal. He is. He's not in the bottom half of his career. He's an MVP guy two years ago. Sure. Had a hell of a year this year. Played really well in the postseason. Yep. Uh, is absolutely a gold standard at first base besides probably Paul Goldschmidt being a little bit better than him defensively. That's why Goldschmidt won the gold glove. Yep. But still standard at at there over at first. Um, What do you think? I think that, you know, the most logical place for him right now is Atlanta. He wants to be in Atlanta. Atlanta wants him to stay. He's from Georgia. He turned down a five-year $125 million contract from them. Um, which is approximately Noah is is exactly twenty five million dollars per year, mm-hmm. um, yeah, asking for an extra year, so that he wanted six years, one hundred fifty, and Atlanta said no. So there's one of two things that can happen here. I guess one of three things: either he finally comes out of here saying, "Okay, fine, I'll take the five year one twenty five to stay in Atlanta." Mm-hmm. Um, Atlanta comes back and says, "Okay, fine, we'll overpay you. We won't want to give you that extra year because look at what the." I mean, we don't need to get into it right now, but the Braves don't want to handcuff themselves to where they can't sign some of the other guys right. they have in their system right now, um, which we can get in. I can pull up a list of all their players that are about to come off the books in the next three years they want to keep, which is why they don't want to offer that extra uh, extra year because mm. um, of Acuna and all those guys. Um, so the alternative then is the Dodgers, right? The Dodgers need a left-handed bat. They don't really believe in Max Muncy right now. Um, Freeman fits in perfectly as a defensive and offensive player yeah. in Dodger Stadium. Yeah. Um, and that would actually make sense for the Atlanta Braves. They're like, hey, go there and we're going to trade for Matt Olson, who's actually from Atlanta, mm. um, who the A's are currently trying to offload. So if that were to happen and, and Freeman were to end up with the Dodgers, which is the other sensible place for him, the Braves would turn around and they would send prospects to New York for Rizzo or they would send prospects to, um, to the A's for Matt Olson. Who, who is a cheaper version. And I, I don't like saying the word cheaper because, you know, more affordable is, is, is a nicer way of saying it, but he's not a more affordable. He's a cheaper version of Freddie Freeman at this point of his career. Yeah. Um, not nearly as good defensively. Mm-hmm. A decent bat, but a higher strikeout rate. Um, and Matt Olson, 
Um, but Matt Olson is from Atlanta, so that would be a really good fit for for the Braves. But I think that the Braves, I think the Braves will hold on to him. Yeah, and I think the Dodgers are going to have to go another route. The Dodgers would obviously prefer to sign Freddie Freeman to a giant deal sure. and not spend their prospects right now. Yeah. Because um, they have the money, they they have Scherzer off the books. They just signed Chris Sale, they lost Seager. Um, so getting Freeman would really solidify their their place in the offseason. Yeah. Um, but I think that Freddie Freeman is going to give the Braves every opportunity to say no first. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Um, but right now it's it's Atlanta or Dodgers, and then if the Dodgers end up getting him, then Atlanta will turn around and trade for Olsen or Rizzo yeah. and, and and replace him. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I would like to see him stay in Atlanta, but there's, uh, again, I don't know him personally, and there's too many other factors to consider as to why he would, wouldn't stay. Right. Um, and Sorry. we're just obviously speculating on the, on his decision and where we think it would be cool for him to go. So good luck to you, Freddie Freeman. Hope it works out well for you and your family. Right. Uh, two more guys, and then we'll move on from this free agency stuff. We have Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant, longtime Cub. Um, played with the Giants a little bit last season. Right. Uh, now he's uh, he's he's up for, for a big contract somewhere. He did. He had a really tough 2020. He had a great 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, you ready for my prediction? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you oh, know, yeah, baby. Did you know that the Mariners went out and got Robbie Ray? Yeah. And they are still $20 million, million under their payroll from last Robbie year. Robbie Ray, Cy Young Award winner yes. 2000, last season. She so. talked about two weeks ago. Stunned. And Robbie Ray Left-handed. Um, signed uh, $23 million per year over five years, $115 million contract with the Mariners. And then the Mariners are still $20 million right now, year over year, under their payroll. So, so they can they can just sign somebody $20 million one year boom. and be right where they were last year. Boom. Which... I mean, what that that doesn't say a hundred million dollars a year or twenty million dollars a year, does it? That's about eighteen. What is? Uh, We're doing math, math here. Doing math. Well, that's thirty. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not sure if he would get that, but um, Chris Bryant, I think, uh, it goes to the Mariners. Mariners, um, they're not done spending. They're trying to uh, beat out the Astros at the top of the AL West. Right. They want to strike with the irons hot with the team they have right now, with the mm-hmm. youth they have right now. Their starting third baseman just retired. Last year is the first year in Chris Bryant's uh, career that he played more outfield than uh, third base. Right. But he can easily play third base. Um, you know that um, Kyle Seeger, uh, Corey Seeger's brother, uh, just retired during mm-hmm. the offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, and Seattle needs another big bat. So um, if, if he does warrant $30 million per year over six years, which... I don't necessarily see, um, but um, could I mean, be. Could be. Um, I think the Mariners. Uh, I, I thought I, mean, I, I heard a lot about this and read a lot about this before the deadline that Chris Bryant was nearing a deal with the uh, with the Mariners, who really want to create a story. Yeah, um, but who are both still on the market, by the right. way. But now their third baseman's retired, and Chris Bryant could be the most logical and more affordable choice between those three. I would. Uh, I would really like to see Chris Bryant in Seattle. I mean, we talked about it in the last episode. Uh, of one of our postseason episodes about the Mariners really liking to see them in the playoffs. Yeah. And he would be a good addition because he is a playoff. He knows how to do in the playoffs. He's Mm -hmm. won a World Series title. He was in the playoffs last year with the Giants, uh, multiple times in the postseason with the Cubs. Sure. So he he can bring that veteran uh, ability to the the Mariners and uh, and be that clubhouse leader for their their playoff push. Because that's where they're, they're just right on the brink, right? So they need that little extra to get them over this long haul they've had of not being in the postseason. Right. And he's someone that could do that, mm-hmm. I think. So, yeah, no cool, agreed. cool pick. Last guy we're going to talk about um, from the Cincinnati Reds, Nick Castellanos, stud player. He can 
The dude can swing it. He's such a personality too. And he's Love and him. he's fun. And he's fun. You remember um and, and those of you listening, um that he he got into it with uh, Yadier Molina. And yeah. then after the game, he asked for his autograph. Right. It's, it's, you know, he's just a fan of the game. He he's a, he respects Yachty. Yeah. And he's, and he's playing respects with passion. Yeah. He's playing with heart. And that's all Yachty's done for the last 20 years. Sure. And so he gets it too. But Yachty's yeah. going to protect his guys. Yep. And he's going to protect his pitchers. 100% full stop no matter what. And Nick's just out there trying to get after it. Yeah. And the dude can freaking swing it, bro. Yeah. He can swing it. From, yeah. from the right-handed side of the plate, he can swing it. And I'm very interested to see where he lines up. Um, who might hit in front of him, who might hit behind him in a lineup, which is very important when it comes to getting pitches to hit. So, you know, he could receive something pretty good. I don't know if he's an everyday DH if he goes to the American League. Uh, you mean, or, or the National League, because there's still oh, yeah, there's, very, yeah. there's still a lot of opportunity for um, for DH, Universal DH in the National League. Um, two teams out of my radar. One uh, yeah. um, is a team that was very hot on his trail before the lockout. Um, that's the Giants. Um, oh, who cool. anticipate losing Chris Bryant and so they can easily replace him with uh, Nick Castellanos. Yeah. Um, also, the White Sox. The mm-hmm. White Sox have a big need in right field. Um, Adam Eaton is, is currently, you know, arguably their, their right fielder. Yeah. Um, replace him with Nick Castellanos. They are $16 million underneath the luxury tax right now. So they have money to spend. Um, they have a lot of talent on that White Sox team. Um, and he can fill a huge need in South Chicago. But I think that the two teams I'm looking at most are the San Francisco Giants to replace Chris Bryant yep. or the uh, White Sox who have money to spend um, and need a big bat in right field. Great. Um, these people, CBS Sports, uh, are talking about that J.D. Martinez, who is a designated hitter for the Boston Red Sox, signed a contract for five years worth $109 million prior to the 2018 season. And they're thinking, they're thinking excuse me, that... His deal might be something similar. Five years, $115 million sure. type stuff, um, if someone's lucky enough to get him. And they're referring to him just being ADH. ADH. Which so, he's, I mean, yeah. So if he does play right field, it could be a little bit more. Sure. Depending on who gets him. But, yeah. So those are the, just the top. There's a lot more free agents left that are very capable of playing professional baseball, sure. obviously. Um, but we're just well, gonna... real quick. You mentioned Clayton Kershaw, Dodgers. Oh, yeah. I don't think that the no, Dodgers let him go. I think he's got. I don't think he's going to leave the Dodgers. I think a lot of Rangers fans think that he's going to come over, but the Rangers should not spend the kind of money they would need to get him back home. Yeah. Um, and I think that I think as a baseball fan, I want to see him retire as a Dodger. So I, 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 I foresee like him staying yeah. in LA. Yeah, thirty-three-year-old Clayton Kershaw, who at thirty-three is a, a number three or number four. That's yeah. where his career's gone. He just but, his body's starting to break right. down, and a lot of thirty-three-year-olds are the the pinnacle of their career, and he's not anymore. He's thrown a lot of innings, yes, and he is, he's a abs- but he's an absolute beast of a pitcher, yes. And he's someone who, if he's not throwing hundred miles an hour anymore, will still figure out how to get because he's got a nasty get guys out. Right? Nasty and that's what, that's what pitchers do. Mm-hmm. They adjust because champions adjust. He's a champion, dang right, uh, as an individual and as a team member, sure. Well. And so those are just the top free agents. We'll keep you updated as we keep recording our episodes to see where those guys go. But uh, good stuff, Coach Bonson. Yeah, thank you. All right, last topic of this episode. We just want to touch on the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame is very, very interesting, and it's a hot-button topic right now. And we had a segment in, epi- or in Season 1 where we did Hall of Fame or not. We'll probably bring that back at some point. Um, and I really like that segment. We just brought a guy at the beginning of the episode and we just all gave our opinion on whether he was a Hall of Famer or not. Um, now we see the voting is, uh, it's interesting. That's what I'll say. It's interesting. But before we get into that, 
we just want to say congratulations to Big Poppy, yes, David Ortiz, Hall of Famer, um, got in. Congratulations, a beautiful testament to your career, your abilities, your personality, um, the way you played the game. Lovely, love it, fantastic. And so we'll. I'll tell you just a little bit of the 2020 Baseball Hall of Fame voting. Big Poppy got 77%. Barry Bonds got 66%. Clemens, 65%. Scott Rowland, very interesting, 63%. I think Scott Rowland is a guy who will get in eventually. Kurt Schilling, 58%. Todd Helton, who I do think is a Hall of Famer, at 52%. Billy Wagner, 51%. Andrew Jones, 44%. Gary Sheffield, 40%. And Alex Rodriguez, 34%. That's just from 2022. A few of those guys on the list have reached their uh, 10-year mark, so they will not be on the ballot anymore. I think Scott Rowland is at the top of the list to eventually get into the Hall of Fame out of these folks. And I think Todd Helton and Andrew Jones are a close second and third to eking in um, and getting enough percentage of votes to get into the Hall of Fame. Sure. Uh, And then if you want to touch more on it, but I also think Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame because I think he's the greatest baseball player of all time. But that is not just like this like blanket statement. There's it's like a very complicated and nuanced what that statement means. Um, and some of the other guys that fall into the Barry Bonds type category. But it's, yeah. So I'll let you go, Bob. Yeah, I mean, and, I then, uh, and then I'll circle yeah. back. We'll circle back sure. to it. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, no, David Ortiz, a figurehead of MLB. Good for him. Um, essentially career DH. Yep. First ballot? I don't know. I don't know. Um, second, third ballot, sure. I think even Red Sox fans who you know, love him would agree generally that, I mean, would you, who's a better player, Barry Bonds or, or David Ortiz? Who's a better player career-wise, Roger Clemens or, or uh, David Ortiz? I mean, I mean even Todd Helton and David Ortiz. You know, Scott Rowland and David First Ortiz. ballot Hall of Fame is, is such an honor. And... I, I, I almost would have rather see a second straight year of no, no Hall of Famers um, than, than see David Ortiz get in as a first ballot guy in the last year of, uh, of, of some of the guys who dropped off. Right. Um, right now, the Hall of Fame has frozen out three big names mm-hmm. that are big time leaders, right? Barry Bonds is a career leader in home runs. And we could talk about, oh, he juiced. Well, everybody had their leg up right like um like babe ruth had a very very short home run porch very short like in the 200s feet short um so he had a leg up to get his career um we'll touch on hank aaron in a moment to who you and uh, barry bonds ended up beating um everybody has their leg up on their, on their career wins right and what they can lead in but the leader in home runs barry bonds the leader in cy young awards roger clemens and obviously as we know the leader in hits in major league baseball history pete rose are all frozen out of the Museum of Baseball History of the best to ever play the game, right? And we can talk about Pete Rose on a different segment, but he was banned for gambling, which is now a huge part of baseball openly, right? and he still can't be in the Hall of Fame. Um, Roger Clemens showed up on the um, Mitchell Report, but nothing ever really got confirmed that he took PEDs. There was no real hard evidence that he took PEDs. Barry Bonds' whole different issue was a Hall of Famer before he started Mm -hmm. the juice, but, Mm -hmm. I mean, we can agree that... 
you know, hand-eye coordination isn't necessarily helped by by steroids. You still have to be able to see and hit the ball, which we we you know there's so much proof that that's a very hard thing to do. Right. Um, do you know that when he, uh, the year he hit 73 home runs, that he swung and missed less times than the amount of home runs he hit in 162 games. Steroids season. don't help that. I mean, steroids can so help. He swung runs. and missed less sure. than 73 times in 162 uh-huh. games of baseball. So here's my issue. How intense is yeah, that? Yeah, very. Issue? Here's my issue with the Hall of Fame. Wow. A lot of people don't know this, but the Hall of Fame actually changed their rules in 2014. Two years into Clemens and Bonds, who retired in the same year, which is why this was their last year mutually on the Hall of Fame ballot. Two years in, they changed the rules. Before 2014, anyone who received a 5% vote or more could stay on the ballot for up to 15 years. As long as you kept on receiving 5% of the ballot, you can be on for, and, and with that rule, Clemens and Bonds would be on for another five years. Right. In 2014, they changed the rules that players are only allowed to stay on the ballot for a maximum of 10 years no matter what. Both Bonds and Clemens' first year eligible is 2012. So basically, this rule was made midway through or, or you know, eh, 20, 20% of their way through right. the Hall of Fame ballot, they said, hey, by the way, you only have eight more years. Mm-hmm. As opposed to what they saw, they thought, which was under 13 years. Because according to this, right, they would still be on the ballot for a bunch more. Sure. Because Bonds and Clemens both received 65 and 66%. Yeah, which, which is, is really close. Way above 5%. And it's really close so to that, the that, Hall, of that, that for, Hall of Fame. For five more years, right. which would allow for more discussion sure. about this very nuanced and complicated topic. Which pisses me off for a whole different reason. Because let's talk about PEDs users who are in the Hall of Fame right now. Let's start with Pud Galvin, the first 300-win uh, player in the history of Major League Baseball. He was in the 1880s, and he took something called the elixir of brown sequard. That is basically testosterone from the testicles of animals. Jesus. This guy literally took testosterone from the testicles of animals, yeah. took it, became the first 300-game winner in Major League Baseball history, right. and nobody talks about him. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about PED users? That's crazy. And then let's talk about amphetamines. Amphetamines, which were called greenies in the 70s and 80s, even before then, were a huge part of baseball. You take it now, you're banned. You cannot get in the Hall of Fame by the way things are going right now if you took amphetamines. Mike Schilt, Goose Gossage, Mickey Mantle, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, all known amphetamine users. Mm -hmm. If any of those guys, I'll say those names again, Mike Schilt, Goose Gossage, Mickey Mantle, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, if any of those guys took amphetamines today, they would not be allowed in the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. by the way things are going right now. Right. So my biggest issue with what the Hall of Fame is doing right now, and I know I've touched on this in the past, mm-hmm. is this is either the Hall of Ethics or the Hall of Fame, right? It's either the Hall of Ethics or the Hall of Fame. Right now, the Hall of Fame is trying to do both, and it's tainting the honor. Mm. Because again, Hank Aaron would not be in the Hall of Fame today if, they, if he got caught doing amphetamines in today's game. Right. He got caught... Years ago, during his career, actually post-career is when they really started to figure it out who, who was doing this. It was a huge part of the game, just like steroids is a big part of the game in the 90s and early 1000s. Um, and, and you're keeping, you know, those guys are allowed to stay in the Hall of Fame, but uh, the steroid era guys um, are not. And, and it's, it's just, to me, it has made the Hall of Fame... Like an honor that I just could not care less about. And I think a lot of players feel the same way. As a fan... I just don't care that much about the honor anymore. I see David Ortiz as a first ballot Hall of Famer with Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens not allowed in the Hall of Fame with Hank Aaron, a known amphetamine user, in the Hall of Fame currently. Mm -hmm. Those, from a logical perspective, don't make sense to me. 
on a hundred year scale. And for that reason, I just, I, I just don't really care anymore. I'm out, I'll obviously look at it, but right. you no, know, we were doing the, the the segment. Is this guy a Hall of Famer? Is this guy not? It's so hard to tell now. It's so hard. It's to tell. It's so hard to tell. They're changing rules midway through the voting process. Um, guys who were really good, but were probably third or fourth ballot guys, are getting in the first ballot. Mm-hmm. Guys who are clearly first ballot members are not getting in at all. Right. It's just who knows. There seems to just be this like deep values conflict that uh, MLB and the Hall of Fame voters are trying to make everyone happy. And in the process of trying to make everyone happy, they are making nobody happy. Right. And so regardless of what decision they make, which is totally up to them, they have to stick to one side of it and fully commit to it. Because regardless of what decision they make, one side is not going to be happy. Right? You can't appease every body it's impossible sure right especially when you're dealing with something like this where opinions come from every walk of life i'm sure there's a thousands of baseball podcasts that talk about the same exact exact stuff they're talking about here they may have a totally different opinion than us they may have the same but you can't make all of those podcasts or baseball writers or journalists happy but what you can do is you have to stick to what you really believe in you have to pick it whatever it is and you have to you have to walk that line all the way and you have to commit to it whether it's not having people in who took PEDs, whether it is allowing them in, whether there's a, a conversation about it, whether there's an asterisk next to their name, whether there's some sort of distinction that you're going to make about what you're going to do. Sure. You're not just going to have this wishy-washy, back-and-forth bullshit about what you think you should do to try to appease everyone because right. that's impossible. So you have to stick to one thing. You have to fully commit to it as an organization, as a group of writers, and you have to walk that line with some fucking intensity. Right. Like, you, like this is what we're doing. And we know we're going to get heat from one side or the other. Whatever that decision is. And it doesn't have to be a decision I like either. But you have to walk that line yep. with some real intensity and line up your values. So that when you vote people in and you do things, it means something again. Because the Baseball Hall of Fame was one of the most difficult things to get into in the history of sports. Right. Like no other Hall of Fame... MLB or uh, NBA, NFL, those are not as hard or they weren't as hard as the MLB. Right. There was a standard. There was a fucking real standard that you had to set to be here. Yeah. And and we're, we're going past that. We're thinking about all these other things. So if you want to make it about their personality, who they are off the field, how they were as a teammate, I love that. That means so much to me. Then stick by that. Yeah. Or if you want to be strictly just on their numbers as a baseball player and not how they treated anyone else, then do that too. But you have to stick with something and you have to walk that line with sure. some intensity. Just as I'm speaking now with some lot of intensity. A lot of intensity. I love it. So I just got fired up. Fired up for practice now. That's what I got to say. Yep. Coach Bodson and I, obviously we got our unis on if you're watching via YouTube. We got our coaching jackets on. They're pretty sweet. They are. Pack baseball. Baby. Here we go. We're about to go practice. It actually just snowed the last three days. We'll see how it goes. In, uh, in Dallas, yep. which is where we're at recording. So we're about to go to practice. We'll see how it goes. We may have a snow fight. We may make some snowmans. Get the skis on, do PFPs. But we're going to have a great time. Sure. Because it's Sunday. It's practice time. Yeah. Super Bowl's next week. Hopefully you guys watched this episode. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Bodson, you got any last minute thoughts? Um, no, I think we're good. I think we're running close to time. Um, let us know if you're watching, you're listening, any thoughts, any comments, any concerns, any uh, feedback. Yep. Um, so we continue improving on your uh, on your experience as a listener, as a viewer. Um, and I appreciate you guys taking the time with us. I absolutely agree. And remember, one thing. Champions adjust, and you're a champion. Cheers. Much love. See you next time.